Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Hi, I'm Dominic Patton. And I'm Pete Hammond. And this is the Deadline Podcast TV Talk. Well, the Emmy nominations are out. They came out last week. Um, Not a whole lot of surprises, but um, I'm wondering if for your consideration campaigns, all that advertising, all those billboards, all those uh, television ads, everything that we saw for, it seemed like months, actually had an effect on those nominations that we saw uh, last week. We're going to talk about that and things related to... uh, the list that is now out as the Emmy season moves into phase two. And you're going to hear part of my conversation that I had with Martin Short for an episode of The Actor's Side. What a fun guy to talk to. He's an Emmy nominee as well for Only Murders in the Building. That is a very good segue, Mr. Hammond, to talk about this. So we're back. Thank you for joining us today. And the Emmys are back big time because the Emmys are now coming back really with a full-on, at least right now projected for September uh, 12th, a full-on in-person show on NBC at, you know, we're not out of the pandemic, obviously is the surge we're seeing in California right now shows, but we're working on the assumption that we're going to try to get things back to where they once were. As a part of that, over the past several months, we've seen all over LA and New York and other other places between the, the, the coasts, massive campaigns to get Emmy TV Academy voters out there to get them noticing shows, get them voting for shows below the line, above the line, big stars, upcoming stars, et cetera, et cetera. Millions of dollars. (laughs) And at the end, when the nominations are announced, some of the biggest shows, as I wrote about in my snubs column, were overlooked. So let's talk about them. Reservation Dogs. Literally, one of the most acclaimed shows ever in its first season, a Peabody Award winner, a massively welcome show, Um, and yet ignored. Yellowstone, back finally, and it's going now into a fourth season, one of the most watched shows on television, which is really saying something nowadays. Finally got some SAG, SAG notification, a few other bits of recognition. Might as well have just stayed out on the range. And to what Peter talked about here, and this is one where I really get perplexed and you kind of have to drill down a little bit into how these FYC campaigns actually are working. If they are working, Selena Gomez. Now, some will argue that Selena is nominated because she's nominated as a producer because only Hulu's Only Murder in the Building is nominated as a show. But let's be clear. Selena Gomez is one of three leads for this show with Steve Martin and the already mentioned great Martin Short. Ignored. The woman is literally the, quote myself, the glue that holds this thing together, and she's ignored. Oh, by the way, she's also one of the biggest stars on the planet. So if you're trying to get people to watch your show and pay some attention to you, Selena Gomez is not a bad person to invite to your party. Mr. Hammond, 
Well, really, does I mean, how does this happen? Well, how does it happen? There's so many, uh, uh, only so many slots uh, there. And the, uh, the thing we're talking about here is FYC campaigns to get the attention to focus here on the 20,000 or so actually voters. That's a big number here. And so how do you reach them? And the only way to really reach them is through active campaigning. I still believe that. I don't believe you can sit on the sidelines, not do anything unless you're succession or something. And hope, you know, well, unless, oh, Pete just gave away a future topic for TV. Yeah, talk. well, unless you're unless you, you know, you're hoping to just uh, skate on your laurels already, you know, because we do know Emmy voters tend to check off a lot of the same things they do year after year. So once you're in that club, it's OK. Maybe you don't have to do as big an FYC campaign. Uh, but for the most part, you really do. And even those even those shows that have won before are, are celebrated by the Academy in many ways uh, have gone and done these big campaigns this year. So the question is, why didn't it work? The one I'm most interested in that you mentioned, Dominic, is Yellowstone. Everyone thought Yellowstone, it's finally going to come in, even though I warned, you know, that a fourth season, the Academy uh, voters are stuck in their ways and stuck in and stuck up, actually, in a lot of ways, a Western motif or whatever, a kind of Dallas like. Uh, well, I mean, you know, I, I look, you know, I mean, I think one of the things and, I, and our, our, our colleague Lynette Rice wrote about this on the day of the Emmy nominations. I think that part of this is liberal Hollywood is not comfortable with a red state Western. And so that's why it got nothing. Yeah, nothing. I mean, less than nothing. Um, and so, you know, uh, that was the shocker for me that they can't even acknowledge this gorgeous cinematography or all of the stuff that goes in even below the line. Even that that show that uh, Taylor Sheridan uh, did a spinoff of with um, you know, yes, that got yeah. three nominations. So, but nothing in the major actor category. No, no, no. But Yellowstone, uh, clearly, I think a problem is nobody knows what it's on. Peacock, Paramount Plus, what is it? What What is that show? How does it go out there? Anyway, the campaign, they did an active campaign. They showed up at contenders. They showed up everywhere. They, they were invested in, I think they drank their own Kool-Aid, tell you the truth. I think they believed that because we're so popular... Uh, we were going to finally break through because the, a lot of the ink on this show is about how many people are watching. Has that ever helped NCIS or any of these network shows that are the most watched shows? I mean, no. The Academy is snobs in a lot of ways. Okay, but then let's let's flip that argument because, you know, I haven't been to a lot of them this year because of obviously COVID concerns, but there have been a lot of FYCs, and you and I both know these. When we've moderated them, when we've been at them, you see a lot of the same people. I don't want to call people freeloaders, but there's some people <laughs> like some people look. Well, let's call freeloaders. them freeloaders. Look, everyone likes a free meal. Uh, they like free, free you know, booze, an open free, bar. Free food, okay, and you get to meet a celebrity or two. <laughs> so let's take what you're saying about Yellowstone, and let's make let's call it the Yellowstone theory. And the Yellowstone theory is. There are ideological issues and there is, you know, don't fly the populist. And I don't mean that politically flag, but the well-watched flag, yeah. because that doesn't mean anything to us. That's why we ignored Walking Dead in the heyday, except for some special effects stuff. That's why we ignore NCIS, what have you. But then you get to that 
that theory dies or falls off an enemy cliff when you get to Pachenko, which was exactly the opposite of all that. Apple TV's Pachenko, a gorgeous, gorgeous series, beautiful. Um, and yet, nada, like not. It's got an Oscar winner in it, for God's sake, and still yeah. nothing. So I, I don't know if it, if it, is it popularity? Is it, I mean, you know, part of me wants to argue that Reservation Dogs and Pachenko and a few others, there's a degree of latent discrimination, but also kind of fear of the other and an unknownness that, you know, we're comfortable with certain well-known stars, um, you know, playing, playing similar roles, distressed or glamorous or aspirational or not. We're not comfortable with these other cultures be they domestic or international, that we don't know as well. We're open to them. Hence, we gave Squid Game some stuff. Yeah, but Squid, Squid Game. Game. But Squid Game is Squid Game is a unicorn. It's such a it's such a spectacularly <laughs> unique individual show. So right. how does Pachenko? But how does Pachenko not get any love? Well, I'll tell you how because I don't know. Just from my observation here, all the air was sucked out of the room by Squid Game in terms of that, in terms of bringing an international phenomenon in there. And then you have this show coming along called Pachinko. And unless people are paying attention closely, they go, Pachinko, what's that? What's that? What's that? And um, if they're paying attention at all in that case, I just don't think it broke through. I don't think I saw evidence of Pachinko breaking through in the kind of campaign it needed a la a Squid Game or something that's going to get a lot of editorial, you know, and that's free. The, the studios don't have to pay for it. A lot of editorial, a, a Squid Game just like walked the floor over it in terms of that. Look, Pachenko was part of our Contenders event this spring. Everything was part of our Contenders event, you know, so. They've had huge amount of, of I would say, um, visual real estate, billboards, et cetera, et cetera. Lots of ads, et cetera, et cetera. Lots of FYCs, one of which I went to, very well attended, very, very well attended. But how many people were there? I want to say several hundred, several okay. meaning like- Several hundred. Well, there's 20,000 voters in the Academy. You have yeah. to break through that kind of thing. But, you know, as you as you said, look, people show up, then they go and tell their friends or some word of mouth. Then you, you have people who watch, et cetera, et cetera. There are people who read you. There are people who read me. There are people who read other sources. They're like, ah, people like Pachenko. I just, I wonder if the FYC model still works. I mean, it's a standard and look, you and I, you know, we moderate them. So I'm not going to, I'm not going to walk off stage for that. But I, I also think that there is, especially in New York and LA, you've got so many of the same people showing up all the time that it's an, it, it's, it's, it's like some political events where they're mainly for the people who are involved in them, not actually anyone outside. Well, there, there are a lot of people that like to go. And the, the great thing about FYC events and the Academy finally getting back to in-person after two years of, of outlawing that, where you couldn't do it, it was all virtual. Um, you know, so the bottom line is what you want from those things are people talking to each other about what they like, networking, that sort of thing getting the buzz internally there. And then, as you say, going off and doing the word of mouth thing and telling their friends and all of that. But it's very, very difficult um, to break through when you're a new show. Maybe it can. You know, we saw this with Schitt's Creek. We saw this with Fleabag. Their first seasons 
uh, first seasons for Schitt's Creek, the first season for Fleabag, nothing. And all of a sudden, they dominate the Emmys in the wins and everything. So things can change. A, lot, a big factor for a lot of these shows, Dominic, I have to say, has been, even going back to Breaking Bad, when it finally hit Netflix, even though it's not a Netflix movie, it's being seen on a wider basis. And despite all Netflix's problems and this week's, you know, earnings and everything, talking about how much trouble they're having, you know, bottom line is going on Netflix made the difference for Shit's Creek, which was a pop show, what it called a pop TV yeah. and, um, and an AMC show. And AMC's had a lot of success with Emmys on their own, but it took, and they'll tell you this, all of them will admit this. It took getting on Netflix to really get this thing to take off with the Emmys. So there is that factor too, of having that pachinko. My advice to you, get on Netflix. And uh, my <laughs> advice to you, Reservation Dogs. They're an Apple TV show. Oh, well, okay, sorry. Yeah. But <laughs> no, but that, but that, uh, you but know. you're right. But you're, but you're right. But there's a, but there's a, there's a logjam problem there. When you have a show that is on one streamer, and that streamer clearly owns the license fees, et cetera, et cetera, they're not that open to like, hey, let's just you know, let's pass the plate around. They're not going to do that. So, let me tell you one thing. You mentioned Apple TV. Here's where I saw a campaign, an FYC campaign, so effective, not here at the Emmys, but at the Oscars for Coda, which was on Apple TV. Now, you know, Netflix has been spending millions and millions trying to win that Best Picture Oscar, you know, and all of that. Well, along comes Apple TV with a very simple campaign, uh, heavily on television, heavily on the emotion of one scene that they kept playing over and over that made Academy members suddenly take notice and actually go to watch it. That's what an FYC campaign can do. A good one cannot deliver you nominations or Emmys. It can only make you watch it. And that's the key. Any uh, consultant will tell you is getting them to sample the wares. And in the case of uh, Pachinko, maybe that didn't happen. Well, what also didn't happen was Selena Gomez getting nominated in the acting category for Only Murder in the Building, but another member of that cast did. And I believe you had a conversation with that gentleman. I did. He came to our studios, Martin Short, uh, who's such a fun guy to talk to. I actually uh, worked on his short-lived uh, TV talk show years ago, maybe 20 years ago now. So it's, so it's your fault that went south. <laughs> it might be. We got no Emmy attention, by the way. Maybe we did wrong with the FYC campaign. But Marty Short is always here to stay and a lot of fun to talk to. So take a listen to uh, part of my conversation with him. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. You know, and now I've read all those characters. Now there's Oliver, Oliver Putnam, which, I, you know, he's great. It's a great character. You and Steve working together. Everybody knows, you, you know, you're like a comedy team now. Yeah. You, you've turned we're like, into... we're like Trump and the MyPillow guy without the sexual tension. <laughs> 
you just work off each other. What is it about the name Martin that has to be in the greatest comedy teams in show business? Martin and Lewis, Rowan and Martin, Martin and Martin now. It is interesting. I know. How odd. <laughs> yeah. You know, but the, the two of you go out, you perform, you do your show, you, you, uh, you've done everything together. You've done movies together, obviously, Father right. of the Bride. So this series was unexpected for me, you know, to see Steve Martin go into a, a, a series like this. He's never done one before. He's never done a TV show, no. Yeah. So how did you talk him into it? I didn't talk him into <laughs> it. You know, he was at a party about 10, 12 years ago. And Sandy Gallen, the great manager, it was yeah. his party. And there were three men in their 70s sitting on the couch, actors. Right. And um, Sandy said, you know, you should write a series for those guys. Mm -hmm. And Steve thought, well, that's an interesting idea. And Steve's always been obsessed with true crime. He watches all those shows. Oh, yeah. So he thought, yeah, maybe like a murder mystery in a great hotel. And then he just... Didn't think about it again. And a couple of years ago, he had a one of those business brunches with Dan Fogelman, who had just yeah, finishing This Is Us, this is and, us yeah. and a great writer, producer. And at the end, he said, Steve, do you have any ideas? And Steve said, well, I do have this one idea. And within a year, we were in production. You know, that just it like that. It moved very quickly, yes. Yeah. And Steve, they said, Steve, would you want to be in it? And he said, well... I don't, I do it maybe if Marty did it. Ah. And so I heard the group and I said, sure, I'll do it <laughs> in second. And you did it. And I did it. Yeah. And you added a third wheel, which Selena I think is Gomez. so key for the two of you to, Absolutely. Be, to be able to play off Selena Gomez, right. who's kind of the straight person here, but different. Absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> I remember, and she's such a great actress and I, cause she pretended to know who we were. So, <laughs> you know. I said, Selena, what, what did you do when you found out you were working with me? And she said, I Googled you. <laughs> <laughs> that, that's what makes it. But I don't know. There's just certain chemistry. It's very hard to figure out what, who's going to have the chemistry. But the show worked right from the beginning. It, it really did. I, I mean, and I think the big delight was the chemistry with Selena and Steve. Steve and I knew that we had chemistry. Yeah. But you don't know. I remember driving to work on the first day because we'd only Zoomed with Selena. This was all during the pandemic. Yeah. yeah. And um, I remember thinking, gee, I, I wonder what she's going to be like. She could be a nightmare. She could be difficult. <laughs> Who's to say? Yeah. And right away you knew she was just so delightful. And so like Steve and me, just it was all about having joy on the set. Yeah. And making the crew laugh. Yeah. And the New York is a real character here. Absolutely. Yeah. Right from the font of the New Yorker. And, and that is everything permeates, yeah. in this. It's mm -hmm. so great to see New York portrayed in this way, I think. So. Right. In a kind of theatrical way. Yeah. And your character, Oliver. So it's so fun to develop. How many shows has he done? What does he want to bring back? You know? Oh, yeah. I mean, and every time there's, you know, this production design creates a new poster in his apartment. Newark, Newark. That yeah. was a show we worked on. You know? <laughs> That's a good one. Yeah. yeah. And all that. So in your head, when you're creating this character and doing this, what kind of backstory do you do? How much do you go I into don't, it? You know, I'm not that good. So what <laughs> I do is I really go from the word. Yeah. I look at the script and then you meet with the writer and say, well, you know, he said this here. Now he's saying that there. It's hard for me to see that that's the same guy. Oh, okay, well, we'll change that line. And then after a few episodes, 
you become familiar with the character. So you can say to the writer now, you know what, I, Oliver wouldn't say that. Or if he did say that, that's who he is. Do you want him to be that person? Yeah. Oh, okay, then he wouldn't say that. And so that's, you know, it's, it's that marriage between the writer and the actor of doing a character and keeping him sincere within the confines of his definition. That's definitely a smart tip for actors out there of, of doing it and not being considered difficult. Yeah, right. <laughs> <laughs> well, if you make any movies, you got to make them love you. Yeah, <laughs> right? Because you don't want to be on a miserable set. No, 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 no. <laughs> well, I'm certainly not going to argue with you that Martin Short's always fun to talk to and, you know, 18 million. Well, I guess when you talk to Martin Short, you talk to one person, but like 30,000 impressions you can do as well. Thank you so much in terms of impressions for us for listening to this episode, our back for, I guess, part two of this award cycle for us, this episode of the Deadline Podcast TV Talk. As a part of that, if you aren't already, make sure you subscribe to us on Apple Podcasts or Spotify so you never miss an episode as we move towards final voting in August and then towards the actual Emmys in September on the Comcast-owned NBC. And remember, it's a Monday this year because Emmys are great, but Sunday Night Football doesn't move for anyone. Yeah, and the Emmys are also going to be on Peacock, too, which got no traction for any of their own shows. But that's another story. Um, of course, you can find all of our TV breaking news coverage at Deadline.com. Thanks for joining us. We'll talk to you soon. <laughs>